With that being said, good evening, everyone. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? I want to thank everyone for tuning in to Singly Gay Podcast tonight. And I hope everybody's having a lovely night. And I hope everybody's had a lovely weekend. Uh, with that being said, I would like to introduce special Judy for tonight. Oh my God, it took forever in a day. I'm glad that he's here. He has the time because, honey, this man is busy. No. Um, you know, Mr. Nasir Terry in the building. How you doing? I'm well. I'm well. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, you know, thank you. I just thank you for like flying through, coming to come talk to the people and share with them and, you know, converse and stuff because, you know, it's always a lot to talk about. And, you know, in the times that we're in, Always, always, always. So everybody that's tuning in tonight, um, I actually wanted to touch bases on this, which is crazy because I've always had conversations about this with some of my friends here and there. Um, But I thought I would, you know, try to bring as much light as I can to talk about this, Um, you know, especially with me living in Boston for the amount of time that I've been here and just things has been a little bit eye opening for me. Uh, So topic of conversation tonight is school is not my color. Yes, as we talking about, school is not my color, so people won't be confused or anything when I'm like, what, like, what do you mean, like, school is not my color? So I'm not particularly called like talking about race per se. Um, I'm talking about the lack of moral knowledge that we could give when it comes to like Black history, um, civil rights leaders, learning about other civil rights leaders, and you know certain things that took place in the time frames that they did um just kind of educate our kids a little bit more because they only I, I think in regular school as i call it um they just get the the bare minimum so <laughs> that's that's just my take on it but you know you the teacher you the mr black educator expert you know you want to let, let the people know what's going on here <laughs> yeah i agree um I think that our society pretty much uplifts the dominant white supremacist ideology that um, comes with education. And like, let's be real, education is a white supremacist, uh, not education, but schooling in America is a tool of white supremacy. Um, right. We are socialized in schools to go with the status, status quo. So mm-hmm. it takes intentionality to disrupt that and also, also to start to embed these different pieces of knowledge um, on black history, feminism, um, queer history, all these different things that uh, the people who are on the margins of society, mm-hmm. those are things that take intention. And we've seen more recently, especially across the South, the blowback that comes when teachers start to do this work in the open. Um, right. There's a number of different legis- legislation out right now trying to make it uh, against the law to teach um, Black radicalism, um, the history of protests, um, certain pieces of Black history are being erased and whitewashed out of history purposely. Um, and criminal criminalizing teachers for even attempting to teach this history. Right, but, but see, that's the thing. If we know that these things are out there and it's um, education and knowledge that needs to be shared, I just, I'm trying to understand, like, what is even the fear of you know of sharing it or just want our newer generation of kids to learn and know like i'm just trying to get an understanding like is it 
because you feel like if you teach or explain so much, it gives us more of a right to actually kind of dissect for what it is and make the our own choices early on? Or is it like you want us to have choices but not necessarily have choices when it comes to certain things, but how we move in this life, you know, like with the job market, being able to, you know, get this certain particular type of job or, you know, like even just living the lifestyle that we choose to because, you know, folks just people of color period you think because you color we supposed to just want to stay in poverty or know that it's comfortable to be born into a society of you know growing up in the hood living in the projects it's okay to gang bang and rob banks and stuff like that but it's just like i feel like you know if you're gonna tell the kids education is key and education is what we have why do we need to plant the seed to lie about it? Because then when they get the truth later on, like, wouldn't that be very upsetting? Like, Yeah, so I heard a long time ago that there's no such thing as an apolitical classroom. The only apolitical classroom is the classroom that goes along with the um, dominant political party at the time period. Right. Like, it is, if your classroom isn't political, is because you're going along with whatever the machine is that tells you to go along with at that moment. Um, so that's one. So every classroom, every classroom is political. Whether there is this history taking place, this type of education transpiring, or there isn't. That's also a very intentional choice that's being made to not have yeah. these things take place. So that's one. Um, you touched on a number of different things um, just then. You talked about the purpose of education, but you then also brought in a bit of capitalism. Also. Right. And I want to talk about um, the socialization of black and brown people in schools, particularly in like certain schools, depending on your zip code. So depending right. on your zip code and school you go to, you are socialized into a position um, of, I, I call it servitude. Like you're meant not to go above like middle class at the most. At okay. The, um, a lot of folks are, we see, are the working poor, and these people go to particular schools all the way up through college that socialize mm-hmm. you in thinking that education is to get a job. And no, and you get that job and you still, you're working and you're making money, but you're still poor. Right. You don't necessarily have enough to make ends meet. As opposed to our more affluent brothers and sisters who go to schools that socialize them not to necessarily get a job. But mm-hmm. to change the world or to change different things to have a voice. Um, we're not in certain schools, again, depending on your zip code, you're not encouraged to have a voice. You're not encouraged to um, speak up in dissent of authority at the time. Exactly. Um, you're told to be quiet, sit down, take this test, and learn how to follow orders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the reasons why we don't want this history of black and brown people who have disrupted that to be taught is because it is it is empowering it is going to give you a blueprint to how to go about organizing and making these things happen that will disrupt a lot of the status quo in our country right now Mm -hmm. um and it is it's already doing that the more teachers are taking up the mantle to teach this type of history to teach this type of engaged political um radical pedagogy you have a pushback, pushback of white rage that's currently taking place, where again, teachers are being criminalized and facing economic terrorism by losing their jobs, um, or even attempting to teach this type of this type of material. 
Which is that's crazy because if I'm if I my memory serves me correctly, um, like teachers that did have just probably taken a stand or made the choice to like slash some of that literacy in depending on you know with the um whatever the guy plan for the semester is. Um, I know usually certain teachers like in the midst of like if they do that and they lose their job, like don't they just like lose like the entire thing from the pension to the 401k to like whatever is set up for them once they're done retiring. So that, depends. that depends. So um it's a push out of teachers. Um I know I myself have been a victim of push of being pushed out of a school. That's how I ended up in Boston. Actually being pushed out of two schools before I ended up in Boston. Um, on one occasion being asked, was I teaching the kids to be racist? Yeah, I got asked that question. To be racist? By I got asked that question as the only black teacher at a school, um, the only black English teacher, um, and period, the only black male that was working there and like a white woman called me into the office and asked, are you teaching the kids to be racist? Because this was during 2016 Trump's election a little white boy wore a Make America Great Again hat into a school where primarily the school was black and brown kids. Um, so, you know, because of that, I get called in and, and asked that question like, no, these kids, and, that, and that's the thing, what she did at that moment was, once she belittled me, and she belittled my students in the same sentence. Wow. She belittled me by thinking that I did not have enough wherewithal and that my um, professional and education, um, my professional setting and my education um, did not allow me to be a teacher that um, had the best interest and care of his students in mind, but also disemboweled my students and their political agency as if they weren't watching the news on their own and already started to form a um, opinion of what was happening in the 2016 election. I still feel like Hillary should have won, but you know, I rather would have had her instead of Trump. I just feel like he sat in that office and ain't did shit. He ain't did nothing. No, and you know, I am a I am not the best person to talk about um, the presidency with. <laughs> Look, I got I know everybody got their own views, but it's just certain things. It's just like, because for me, it's like whatever your package is, your setup, and I get it. You know, presidents push certain things to do certain things, and that's fine. My thing is, if you're sitting in these seats, even if go into even Obama. Look, if he ain't did nothing, I'm gonna sit here and say he ain't did shit. Mm-hmm. But I've seen the changes. I've seen the growth from presidents in the past, um, despite a lot of backlash or things that they've gotten for. Well, did you know that they signed a bill for this? And this is what's the yeah to oppress the black people. And did you know they signed a bill to put you know most of us in the jails because of this? And I'm like, okay, okay I, I get all of that. I'm not saying that every president that sits in that seat is good at all by any means necessary. What I'm saying is, you know, get the work done, make it look equal across the board for everybody. Like don't make it good just for these party of people and then fuck it up for these party of people. Like. I think you have to have the acceptance of a certain amount of evil to hold that office. Because you will never leave that office without blood on your hands. 
And that's what I, that's my critique of the presidency. Um, so I, you know, I have my own controversial, more not liberal, like far, I guess far left ideas of the presidency and like um, how we should govern our country. Um, when it comes to President Obama, you know, I was so rejoiceful when he was elected the first and second time. You know, the second time he was elected, I was a student at a HBCU. You know, what a time to be alive. Um, yeah. We just reelected the first black president. Um, but the Obama we see now that he's out of office, the, the way he's vocal, the way he's speaking up, um, the way he's showing up. Right. How I imagine he would have done so in the office. When and he he, he didn't do that. He, he like he showed up in office, but I don't think he showed up enough in a way that he should have. That's just my opinion. Yeah, um, no. he did, and that was, you know, I think it was Mike Brown's murder in um, Ferguson that mm-hmm. really um, nailed that home for me. You know, that right. he's not showing up in a particular way. Um, and we see it even uh, with Kamala Harris, like the mm-hmm. way he's posturing and showing up. Um, I don't think she's going to posture and show up this way once her term is up and she's no longer holding that public office. But there's right. something about becoming an agent of the state. And I, I, I say like presidents, vice presidents, mayors, any, anyone that worked for the U.S. government becomes an agent of the state. Your mm-hmm. tongue is tied and your hands are tied when you become an agent of the state, when you start to govern. Um, we see that with Frederick Douglass, um, you know, the vocalness, the, the radicalness of Frederick Douglass prior to him becoming an agent of the state. You know, mm-hmm. we see him become a lot more subdued in his older age um, because he held office. And then look at W.E.B. Du Bois, who became more radical as he aged because not only did he not become an agent of the state, he became an expat. He, um, left the U.S. and went to Ghana and died in Ghana. Um, so we see him become a lot more radical in his older age because he didn't buy into this idea of the state, uh, which becomes a silencing mechanism for me, which is why Dr. King never held office. Dr. King could have walked into almost any office he wanted to with offer positions in cabinets and turned them down. Right. I mean, because I think, you know, it's that whole, like they said, freedom of speech. I'd rather do what I'm doing so I can speak what I want, how I want to say when I want to say it. I don't feel like I'm muffled, try, somebody trying to water down what it I'm preaching about. Hey, just, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know? Like the people should not. Because, <laughs> you know, like I said, because like even conversations like we've had that's I'm like I, I I know that these these things need to be talked about because I'm like I said I haven't been living in Boston long I mean oh wait child it'll be three years in September who time go my fast Ooh, three years but um just like dealing with the kids that I have and just hearing some of the things that they say and I just be like do I need to come to y'all school and ask what they teach like I'm part of me really want to take the time out of my schedule, go be going to these schools and be like, what's y'all curriculum? And you know what, you you have some really dope teachers that are about their life. You do. And um, what happens is we get so tied down in the day 
um, and what it the the requirements that we have to cover the curriculum as is versus being able to add and supplement to things. Um, even the act of adding and supplementing to a curriculum that is already packed and loaded um, yeah. is taxing. is is hard. Um, and I say that being a teacher that has done it, and um, you know, it's it's difficult. You give up. You talked about how busy I am. It's because I'm doing this. Yeah. Uh, I'm up two, three o'clock in the morning trying to lesson plan for the week, trying to grade, trying to make sure that um, what I have is seen as rigorous in the eyes of white supremacy. Because they mm-hmm. like to say our stuff is not rigorous. Our history and the complexities of black people and other o- o- oppressed and marginalized people isn't rigorous enough to meet standards. So like in- ensuring that things are coming core line and rigorous and um, meets the approval of the white gays while also um, engaging students in things that are um, necessary and yeah. reflective of their experiences and history. It's time for them. Um, I mean, yeah, that's true. If you do it right, you might just lose your job. Not if you do it right. So wait, you do it right, you lose your job. You do it wrong, they give you a bonus raise. The system rewards those who do well in the system. And that's what it is. Like, I'm dead serious. I'm not being um, a conspiracy theorist or, or, or super radical. No, it, it is a, and people will say the education system. It is just that a system. Exactly. You know, because that, that's why I preach my kids. I'm like, look, despite all this mumbo jumbo they talking, they can say they can take all of this stuff away from us. What I've known of being on this earth a little over 30 something years, one thing can't always take away from you is your education. Once you done worked hard, paid this money, got these degrees, sitting in a room with the best of the best and checking their motherfucking asses, what can you do? But see, that's the difference between having an education and being educated. That part. Because when you are edu- when you have an education, you have passed the test and done the assignments and got the degrees, but you don't think critically about the world. You don't think critically about the world. You don't become a lifelong learner until you are educated and you have gained the tools that make it to where you are a lifelong learner and you can engage critically with things that come your way. So I can criticize President Obama because I can hold two things as true at the same time. I can think critically about this this issue. Um, I don't have to I tell this to my students all the time. They're so cute. Um, <laughs> I teach sixth grade English, and they're oh, great. I love my my sixth grade English students. I love them. Um, and we in sixth grade, you just start to learn how to write analytical essays, and mm-hmm. um, you know we go through finding a claim and supporting your claim with evidence and reasoning and all that, and trying all to all that good stuff. It's so cute trying to teach them how to reason. But their go-to in the beginning is always, um, so I think this, they can tell me what they think. They can pretty much make a claim. I think that, I don't know, sugar should go in grits. Okay, you've told me your opinion. Now, why do you think this? What evidence do you have to prove that sugar and grits is better than butter and salt? Like, what... What is your original thought around this? What what are you stating your claim on? That's what we struggle with. It takes us a while to get them out of, you know, information in a book is not true. 
No. Like it's not, you can't just take that information at face value and say, well, I think this because the book said it. Or I think this because I, I, I this, but what, what critical thinking skills do you have that connects back to you, that connects back to your belief system that can tell me what you think and why you think it not. And you know, I say this about sixth graders because they're just learning, they're babies. Right. Adults can't do that half the time. Adults will tell you, well, I think this. Why? I just reason, always tell. I got my reason for that, but I'll let you finish. <laughs> no, it's that, that critical thinking skill that that's very important. You know why? why? Let me tell you, you want to know why they don't have it, friend? Why? Because these are the same people that say, I hate math. I don't hate math. I'm not good at math. But I don't hate it. But the things that, as you, like you said, as adults, as we should have, me, like math is the subject for that. Mm-hmm. It's all about critical thinking, problem solving. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just said, well, why? I need you to give me an explanation. And people be like, I don't like math because, and I'm like, math is about numbers, yes. However, as you get more advanced, and you know, like you said, we take these certain classes and this and that, like, Math has been broken down in so many ways and sentences, shapes, and forms. I be sitting here like, because you literally go through life doing math. Yeah. Your whole entire life. But you don't like math. (laughs) But you you don't like it. But we go through life doing it all the time. And the reason being is because it's here. Well, that that is so interesting. Partly because I, I thought the pendulum swung the other way. I thought people give math and science more respect than they do English and history. Because math and science and engineering, that's that's those are hard skills. Those are things that you can gain employment on and like they pay good. Like my frat brother is a computer engineer and pays and makes great money. You know, I have friends who are um, mechanical engineers, computer engineers, um, they make great money. Um 70k like in three months. Okay. And um, I, I love that. But then you have like English and the humanities. Folks don't take that seriously. I think we starting to see that in particularly like the elections and uh, the I want I don't want to say Trump supporters because not all Trump supporters are like this, but the um, QAnons and the uh, conspiracy theories like. That again, lack of critical thinking around what you are reading. Just because you read something does not make it true. Just because you read it does not make it true. Does not does not hold it to law like that. So we don't have that, and people have disregarded those soft skills for so long. I think we're starting to see the blowback of that. Oh yeah, and I'm just sitting here watching. Honestly, that's because that's how you learn. I, I I question everything. I question everybody. Um, I think I'm the Kanye West of my friend groups. At times, I say Kanye. I love Kanye. I'm a I'm a huge Kanye fan. I love Kanye West. I don't agree with everything Kanye has said, you know. But I've been rocking with Kanye since college dropout. It's just hard for me to let him go. Um, but <laughs> Kanye is controversial. Very very controversial uh, for many different reasons, but. You know, he's like a broken clock. He's right two times a day. And, Come on, um, two times. You know, he's right two times a day. So, 
question and read and and look into things and <clears throat> don't be afraid to be controversial even if you feel like you're on the right side of history um people on more love swingy i challenge my friends all the time like why do you think that oh the the, the blah 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 said it okay is it true i'm like is it facts you got some numbers for me like, like show me where they at where did, you get this, where did you get this information? Is it true? Have you thought critically about it? Have you engaged critically with it? Like, what does this mean for you? Not what does this mean for people, like the country, what does it mean for you, like in your current situation? And how can we connect this to you first and then start connecting to everybody else? Don't just go out here saying things. Um, a couple of years ago, I had to check myself from sharing things on social media because you see things and you just read the title, you don't actually read the, the actual yeah, you gotta read everything before you, and you out here you, you know you out here sharing some foolishness some clickbait foolishness and um that's what happens I just I, I tell people you know sometimes you just you gotta as they would say you gotta figure out your strength and your weaknesses because you just you just don't know and very much strength need to be read that part and the crazy thing is like I don't read that's why everything that could be thrown I'm like they got an audio book like can you can I you write that that's reading look I'm a good listener I'm not about, about to say I'm a good reader because uh reading sometimes put me to sleep and that's like for real so, for real like, let's, let's break down reading and literacy because you, you can have like a strong media literacy skill as well. The audiobooks, the the, the news and the YouTubes and all that. Like mm-hmm. you can have a strong media literacy. And that's actually part of like what we teach in English right now is like how to engage in media literacy. But again, you're engaging with these things and you are thinking critically about the things you are engaging with. Um, and I think again, we have a void of critical thinking right now because we've disregarded these humani- the humanities as a soft skill for so long. Right. Um, we can't even engage in conflict. We can't even engage in debate in a, in a way that is productive. So instead of engaging in debate in productive ways, we you know only talk to people for the most part that think like us. Well, yeah, I don't like people that think like me. If I wanted another me, I would have been like, so mama, why you ain't had triplets? Why you, why you ain't had no twins? Why I just couldn't have been four of us in the womb? But it's just one me, just one me, and I'm I'm happy. I'm grateful for that. I don't, I don't want no more of me. You are, <laughs> more of the you are definitely I, yes. like I don't I don't want no more of me. My thought and thinking process on certain things is already is a bit much. Sometimes I have to scale it back. And be like, bitch, what you say? You said that? Oh, shit. I mean, you know, because it's... Yeah. We love to see... This is who I am. When you are a passionate person and you are passionate about certain things, um, you, you, you have to speak up for it. But in the same token, as I say, like, when you're speaking up, please just make sure what you're saying makes sense. Exactly. Um, make sure some of it has some type of relevancy. Um, everything that you're talking about, that you're speaking about, is not going to be factual. It's not going to be true. Maybe partial, partaken. Um, it can probably touch key points, but it's it's not what it is. Just make it make sense for the the people, especially these kids, these babies, mm-hmm. the babies. 
and there's room for personal opinion. Like you, you're more than welcome to for, to your personal opinion. That is welcome. But why do you have this opinion? Is all I'm saying. Can you answer me? Like, why do you, you know, only drink grape soda? And you never try any other soda. You just, I only drink grape. Why? Because I like grape. Okay, you can drink grape and strawberry. You don't have to just drink grape. Or drink some water. Or have some peach. Or just go drink some water. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the water. Water and wine. Jesus turned water into wine, y'all. Don't forget it. Water is great. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm just, you know, you know, just gotta bring a bring a little life to the party, a little life to the party, a little life to the party. <laughs> so, what has been primarily your experience um, in K twelve education as it relates to learning about um, yourself and seeing yourself reflected in the curriculum, both as a black and a gay man? I mean. <sighs> I don't know my because my perspective is mostly street and surviving so it's of you know make sure you keep your head up you look a person in the eye you enunciate you speak you hold your ground don't be timid or scared of anything you should not be scared of no one in this world um however you know the world is your oyster you know be a sponge you know take in what is being received to you uh, so when it comes to me, you know, cause I only, when it comes to where I work with kids, I'm all, I only give a little bit of education, you know, let me help you with these ABCs and one, two, threes, you know, let me give you some, okay, what's five minus 62 girl, because you should know this, you know, and sometimes me been dealing with my kids, I come to realize like the, it's the, the simplest thing is so hard for them. It's so hard. And I'm like, it should not be this hard but they can do something that's harder than what I was just trying to teach. It's like, oh, but that was just simple. I'm like, how? How is that simple? Like, I'm, but also that also teaches me that, you know, definitely people learn differently. Sometimes you have to attack in a different direction when you're explaining something because they might not know that. So. You know, if I'm saying, you know, seven people went into the bar and two had a glass of water and the other five had like, you know, Coca-Cola, then what's, what's the rest? Get the soul. What was the three that didn't get X, Y, and Z? And they just be looking at me like, what? What did, like, what did you say? I don't, that's a lot of people. <laughs> like, how did, how did you come up with that number? <laughs> Sometimes you gotta write that down. I know if you just told me that verbally, I'd be like, what? I zoned out at like the second group. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't finish the rest of that. So you gotta write that down for me. I gotta, I gotta be able to go back and read it. So um, that's why you, you come back and you get them, you hit them with the candy. So I got three double men. I got... Two now, like the visual. The okay, visual. and I got the four Skittles. Now, that if you get this answer right, you get one of each. Oh, you use the incentives? Uh, well, not really. It's 
you might you get one of each but however oh, you know some incentives i i i think um extrinsic um i just butchered that word incentives are amazing and i think they are useful to to have because we have incentives as adults like you get up and you go to work um because you might love your job but also you like your paycheck you know you get paid to do this um you get a reward at the end of this so i think we should be rewarding kids for the hard work that they put in in school as well that's part, especially if they answering, you know, things that they need that that is asked of them to do. I feel like. Do you think um, schools affirm you in your sexuality, right? I see. I don't know. Myself, right? You're not like interviewing people myself, right? Look, because <laughs> for me, that's not, like everything was like. Cause see, I can't, I can't think about other people. So these type of questions I have to go with my, my repertoire. So for me in school, especially when it comes to the whole, the sexuality sector, I literally, it wasn't a thought of mine. I moved, I moved like I didn't give a fuck because my thing was, I was an angry kid. That, that was my thing. So I didn't hold on to the whole sexuality thing. So for me, it was like, whether if you knew, you didn't know, you didn't know, or if I was too much of this and I wasn't a lot of this, like me, I like the fight. You said one thing, I'm hitting you. <laughs> like, so, um, but I, I would just say like, it was, it was never, it wasn't easy for me either, you know? So I really just kind of had to figure it like figure it out honestly because when you're homeless and you're in elementary school um you don't have the best family structure so um grandmother and aunt raising you my mother was on drugs at the time it's just it was a lot for me so it was just like Education was key, yes, but I was using things that I needed to do as far as survival mode. That's why, like, as I'm older now, and people be like, so I, I laugh when people be like, so what age was you when you come when you had came out? I'm like, I, I never came out. <laughs> I, like, that was one thing I never had to do. It was like, did my family find out about me? Yes. Um, then my cousin wanted to go and tell family members, oh well, you know, Kelly is gay. This and that. like those things happen. Right, but as far as like just oh, this is me and I'm gay. I was just like, I don't give a fuck. Fight me. <laughs> so from what I'm hearing, you're saying like school was there and you always did school, but school yeah. never took the precedence in your life. Like it never was like a, a huge thing. It was something you did, something you were good at. You went through the motions, you went home and like home situation and being um your education outside of the school building is more so what um, got you to this place today. Yeah, because I didn't, because I didn't graduate high school. I dropped, I dropped out. Um, I got, in, me and my friends, we got in a car accident. After that car accident, I was just like, what the fuck school, school ain't gonna do shit for me. <laughs> like, I'm out, but um, when you become an adult and life start happening. You know, you really have to figure out how you're gonna maneuver in this world. And for me, it was like, I didn't like settling. I don't like that I had to settle for 
a retail McDonald's, um, you know, incentive jobs to make money and, you know, live and pay bills like that, it didn't get me anywhere. So yeah. it was just like, if I'm gonna make this work for me, I'm gonna have to start doing these things. So going back to school to get my high school diploma was one of them. Um, I got it at 25, but I got my high school diploma. <laughs> I, you know, I got it. You got what you got. You know, it was at 25, but I got it. Um, at any point have a favorite teacher that you could go to when you had issues or things you want to talk through, any counselors, um, asking I was, because, um, go ahead. No, no, I was sorry. Let me let you finish. <laughs> well, I was saying, I'm asking because I I think I started to see a trend, and then you could trend the opposite direction. Um, but I started to see a trend in the lack of adult like adult care for yeah. black queer and gay men and black queer and gay kids, um, particular boys um, in schools. So we don't see a lot of care. Um, being issued to black and Latino boys who identify as queer or LGBTQ um, in schools. And right. I'm asking you your experience to see like were there and if there was if there was not someone there if someone was there do you think that would have influenced your decision to stay or to go? Um, I would say I, as far as ed the education sector I had great role models like my teachers were amazing. That's why I say when it comes to the sexuality part, if they knew, I wasn't thinking about it. It wasn't like a, I know. It was one of those, I, I guess you can call it um, mother instincts. It's like, I know how to treat you because I know what kind of child you are. And like, you're this sweet thing, but I can tell like you're emotional and mushy. So it's, I have to carry you this way. Um, but like, for me, like I had my math teacher, never forget her, Miss Gray. Miss Gray was the shiznai, okay? Like she knew how to talk to me. She she was the one actually doing my years of high school. Like she was able to keep me centered and focused because for her, she was like, I know you smart, you're not dumb. Like you know all the material, you know this, you know how to read, you know how to enunciate, you you can command a room. She's like, just why you just don't want to do this stuff. And I was just like, Well, what what is this gonna do for me in my life? You know, because for me, it was like, you know how black kids grow up is whether you play a sport or you rapping some lyrics or something like long as you whatever talent you had, you take that talent, you work hard at it, you mold it and you get your ass out the hood. And that's what it was for me, because for me, dance was my focus. It was just like, as long as I dance, I'm being seen, I get signed to a company, I get to travel, work with artists the way that I want to work with artists. You know, I can choreograph, I can do all these things. I don't need school for that. I didn't, but you know, I thank God for Miss Gray because I had her. Um, also, um, another lady that I had, rest in peace to um, Coach Henry. I want to, you know, send love and you know condolences out to the Henry family because um, she was everything to me. Um, she was a volleyball coach at our at my high school at Western International High School in Detroit, Michigan. Um, but like. I just love the woman like she just was everything and at that time like she watched over me too because I was a cheerleader in high school so you know when you into sports and all of that but like those were those were like amazing people that I had in my life at that time to go to about certain things um you know like I said I, I think then when I made the choice to leave school um I wouldn't I, I, I would think that they um 
could have played a part of my decision of like me actually staying and finishing out or graduating when need be. It was just, I think at that time, so much was going on for me it was about getting away. If I could get away from my situation, I could figure it out because yeah, I dropped out of high school, but I, I still had a plan. I still wanted to get my high school diploma. So I ended up going to job corps, but I didn't finish, unfortunately. But, you know, I but I, I, I get what you're saying about the like, you trying to understand the pattern, especially when it comes to queer kids and stuff like that. Um, I, I think that it is because, like I said, at that you know at that time when you gay and stuff, you're trying to figure yourself out. You're trying to figure out your life. So when your home life is fucked up, school life is not the best. Um, you got the love and support from your girlfriends, your female friends, of course, the real ones. But then anything else said of it is like, what what do you have? Like, what do you have? That's why the um you know the suicide rate for them is up as kids because like depending on the bullying and all of that and families and like they quick to kill they self off they're like i ain't gotta go through this i'm just yeah, so. yeah. Um, unfortunately i'm thinking about like nigel shelby right now out of alabama um who unfortunately took his own life um due to harassment and bullying because he was openly queer um and that is the that is the story for many, many queer people. Um, you know, I think that is a extreme, but I think that is part of it. I also think there's a, a layer of adults around school buildings who aren't um, as compassionate as they should be at different time periods, uh, particularly around queer kids. You know, I was talking to a friend about this, you know, as a, as a queer black male, I definitely could tell the teachers who, when I was getting picked on, who said something simply because it was their job. They didn't mean what they said. They just basically was like, don't pick on him in front of me because then I have to report this or I have to do something about this to keep my job. If you aren't around me, feel free, go at it. I'm I'm only telling you this because I see. and you know you can tell those things you can tell that energy um that those teachers give off to you you can see the stares and the looks and the we can't talk about that like my existence is in some way inherently wrong and bad and evil um and so we can't talk about these things in school because this isn't the place to talk about these issues and this identity and these things that's going on that weighs on the psyche of a person you know, particularly if your mind, think about the mind of a child, your mind is just developing. You know, your your school is shaping and molding you, part of the institution that is shaping and molding you. And um, this place of learning and knowledge, you're being told, like, you are not even worthy enough to be taught. That part. Your history, your identity, who you are as a person is not affirmed in this space at all. And then, like, put that on top of everything else that's happening in society. There you have it. You know? You know, it's a blessing that I think we've gotten this far. Um, That, you know, I had people in my school, in my schools, that went to several, that affirmed me, that loved me, that um, gave me what I needed to keep me motivated, to keep me going. But it got dark some days for me as well. Like, am I going to be able to finish this? You know? Um, 
It was rough. Yeah. <laughs> but you're here. You're changing the community a color at a time, honey. <laughs> I am. And I'm trying to like um be that adult for, you know, kids currently. Like like you have to because kids can kids can be strong, they just can't be strong for themselves all the time and in these type of moments. So and it shouldn't happen. Exactly. So I'm always gonna stand firm for my kids. I don't care how much they get on my nerves. I box for them. Okay, I be ready. I be ready to go. Who did it? Where where they at? What yeah. you what you wanna do? Because you gotta remind them sometimes. I'm an adult, yes, I'm not, you know. For the people, I'm not, you know, um talking about it's okay to do child abuse and be beating on kids and stuff like that. However, somebody picked up my I didn't take kids. it that way. I didn't take it that way. No, not you, but I'm saying for the people, for the people that's watching. And people that's don't hear this. Look, let me tell you, I fight kids for my kids. You hear me? I thought you were saying you fight adults. <laughs> Them too. <laughs> but, right. But what I'm saying is I ride for mine. Okay? That's what I'm saying. So if you got a child, you better look. If you if the parent don't check their child, I'm going to check your child. I'm going to check your parent because we don't do that bullying stuff this way. I'm down for that. I don't play with any of my kids. I don't play them gang. What we gonna do is love and respect all up and through this room in this space. And if you got problems, get kept. I say when I get off work, you catch me in the parking lot. If you put two babies together and you give them a piece of candy, only one, two babies, like toddlers, let's say toddlers, you give them a, a piece of candy in between them, those two babies are going to fight over that candy. And you don't have to teach them to fight over the candy. There's going to be something that's instinctive. Um, And I say it to say, um, for kids, bullying and this this hatefulness, this hurtfulness um, can come naturally in our society. You got to think about what kids are seeing. What what are we feeding them? Also, it's in the air we breathe. Um, I think that as adults, particularly adults that have been charged with the care of of children, with the right. development and the education of children is up to us to model what it means to be compassionate and have empathy and also explicitly teach it because if we don't model and explicitly teach it um, they'll never know they'll never know um, you know there's an action for every behavior I mean there's a reason for every behavior um, and it's up to us as the adults in the space to get to the bottom of whatever the behavior is to get to the reason. Like, why is this occurring? Think Again, think about a baby. A baby cries for three reasons. Tired, wet, hungry. Or they're not feeling well. What about they or in pain? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, of course. Because you have to teach them. And then sometimes, you know, due to certain behaviors or lack of behaviors of certain things, sometimes those things can be taught. So if kids is coming off of certain way to a particular type of kid or somebody that just may be different Mm -hmm. um if you in your household or you hear a daddy or uncle you know you got time for that faggot bullshit don't you bring that girly shit around my mind break i break faces of that shit and you just be looking like why are you so angry you you've been (laughs) taught that it's okay to um be abusive to this community you've been taught it's acceptable to be abusive to this community um, and it takes some teaching to undo that. That's why I like when we're in schools and 
the kids may say, oh, that's gay. That's so gay. Well, what's gay about that? What about this makes you think of lesbian, uh, lesbians or homosexuals? Like, what about, like, the color pink makes you think of lesbians and homosexuals? Oh, I'm not saying it's gay. I'm saying it's feminine. Okay, so say feminine. But my thing is what what's what's required femme and what's required masculine. Because nobody exactly. has yet to be able to break that down even more. Nobody say then you can break that down even more. Um, but I like the tip of like, oh, that's gay. You're saying you're using gay as a placeholder adjective for something else. So what is the real thing you're trying to say? Oh, this is ugly, or oh, this is whatever. Like, I, I need you to be more expressive in your language and not just use, oh, that's gay as a cash-out. Um, exactly. So that's one. Two, don't... Um, I think there's an education piece there that we don't tap into a lot because, like, if you are doing something messed up to a student that's a member of the LGBTQ community and I go, that's a, that's a this, and I'm, you, you get suspended, and this and that happened, this and that happened. What happens to that kid? The kids don't necessarily learn anything. They learn, oh, I'm not going to call him gay in front of Mr. Terry because Mr. Terry is going to sign me in. But when we ain't around, Mr. Terry is on. Like, exactly. Like, there, there we go. But, like, getting, again, to the bottom of that behavior with that kid or that group of kids is important because to stop that still from happening, because, again, when you're not around, Mr. Terry is on. Um, so if I want to alleviate that, I got to get to the bottom of whatever it is that causing you to be abusive towards this, this young man or young girl or non-binary person and um, like try to alleviate that. Like we have to talk about that. We have to unlearn some of the behaviors of pattern, the patterns of behavior that you have um, inherited from society or home or wherever. Um, and that's, that's real work. And, I, and that, to me, I like that because that, that's where it will start, especially for say now when you're undoing those things that you have the kids going home and see their parents say something and stuff. They'd be like, but that's not nice. Yeah. Why are you saying that? You shouldn't yeah. say that. And you will see the parent be looking like. But see, that's the critical thing. When I now start to think for myself, I'm starting to um, think critically about what it is my parents are saying and doing and disagree with that. That's critical thinking. Exactly. Connect that back. Connect all that. Right. Connect all of that back to critical thinking. Yes. And while we up here critically thinking, as I always, you know, um, like to interject my favorite part. You like games? Games? You like to play games? Um, sure. Yeah. Like, oh, I, <laughs> he like, what? Like, games we got? Game? Like, like, what's game about to happen? We about to play Sega in this bitch. Say, no. You know, we're going to play my favorite game that I like to play, you know, called Tea and Hot Chocolate. Tea okay. and Hot Chocolate. Say Tea and Hot Chocolate. Mm, say Tea. I gotta see what's coming up on my screen. It's just why I wanna win. I wanna win. Now you wanna win is look, this game is very, very simple. Once I break it down, you're gonna be good. You're gonna All be right, good. Be good. Right. So this game is called Tea and Hot Chocolate. I'm just gonna ask you a couple questions. And if you feel like it's factual, you say it's tea. And if not, you you say it's it's a shitty mess. It's hot chocolate. 
it's a, you know so and I want to live that as a teacher particularly of teenagers they find everything I do on the internet so I might abstain from some questions if I do just you know kind of like you know I, I teach teenagers they'll come to class Mr. Terry I heard I saw this on your Facebook I was searching you and this game it's, it's, look it's okay it's not gonna be that bad it's not if anything okay, okay. If, if, if anything it's gonna educate them okay okay i'm here for it. i'm just saying if i abstain just keep it moving keep it going and we'll talk about <laughs> we'll so, so if i ask the question do you give me the i'll do a um so let's pass that part, but if you want to, it can be 50 50. So we're gonna go right on into this gig. Uh, y'all gotta get my step on y'all. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Mm. You can never go wrong with that. That's some good white wine. That's another conversation. Uh, <laughs> tea one. and hot chocolate, question number one, right? Do you feel okay? Does skill help secure a job or education? One of the two. We'll say one or say it's tea or hot chocolate and then go into detail. Skill or education? Helps you secure a job. It can't be both. You got to pick one. Skill will help you secure the job. Education will help you keep the job. Uh-huh. I like that. Because for y'all that don't know, it's people out here that got jobs and we don't know how they got them. And usually they actually got lucked up with it and it's because of skill. And there's no shade to the people that do, especially when they pay good. But I ain't gonna lie, I be in the wings watching like. Well, you see like people that can get a 50 million jobs but can't keep them, can't hold them down. You know, there's a deeper education that comes with how to communicate and how to like work with people or work collaboratively. That we don't always have. I mean, yeah, that's who I only say that because you know, I don't know folks by name, but I know some nurses that got nursing jobs but they ain't got the education. But I'll leave that there. Um, next it's question. Not the <laughs> I'll leave that there. Wait. <laughs> next we question. Need nurses that have the education. <laughs> Please let me know what nursing home, hospital, adult care facility <laughs> they are in, so I don't put my parents yeah. there. And or I don't go there. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> we had a deeper dive. <laughs> that can't happen. But go ahead. TT or hot chocolate? That was not the tea right there. <laughs> that was not the tea. But let's continue. Whoa, child. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Okay. I got to bring it back. I got to bring it back. Everybody. All right. <laughs> oh, look, look, I now. Know so I know like some other stuff. Nurses? What? I know some nurse. I know look. I know some nurses that are nurses. Oh my goodness. And they don't have that education. That's all it is. Oh, <laughs> so question number two, Tia Hot Chocolate, right? Okay. All right. 
Wait, I'm gonna make sure I got an. I wrote the damn question down. And I'm trying to figure out how to ask, how to answer, uh, ask this question. Okay. So being knowledgeable about Black history and Black literacy, right? Do you think that learning that earlier on, like that, will help us make a clear tunnel vision of how to be able to, to move, maneuver through life in certain sectors and things? Teach, but I want to change your analogy. I think yeah. what it does instead of like the tunnel vision. When you say tunnel vision, nothing's wrong with tunnel vision. I think it becomes like a determination. I'm determined to do this, and I set my eyes on this. I'm going to do it. Yeah. it is the opposite when you are literate and you are engaging in uh, knowledge of self as you engage with the world you see things open up for you mm -hmm. you see a broader picture like it's like the matrix you start instead of just seeing what's on the surface you start seeing the x's and the o's gotcha see i like that y'all like my you see see this topic was gonna be good tonight i knew it in my spirit <laughs> we're here we're here uh, see, look at this. You was all nervous for no reason. We I'm still nervous. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> just, just my nature. I'm, I'm just a shy Southern man. Just a shy, shy Southern man from Mississippi. I got the Mississippi part. Of that other stuff, I'm back. But <laughs> <laughs> the last and final question of tea and hot chocolate, right? Question number three. I kind of feel I, I kind of feel like I already know how you're gonna answer this, but I just want to hear it for myself. Um, so helping each other at the table, right? Because you know it's the room for all of us. It's always gonna be a room for everybody and everything. Um, do you think that that will give us like the extra leverage within our community as far as being able to just help one another move forward without it being no like envy or type of I don't want you to do because I'm doing this gonna take food and money out of my mouth type of situation. You know, I think that's tea. I think it's tea that we should be able to help each other get this table. And um, I also think it's tea that we should be able to have competition. And like um, that competition doesn't necessarily threaten my livelihood. It just makes, yeah. you know, because competition makes us better. So like, I wanna see a day where we don't have a black president, but we have two black contenders for president. And like it's not one of the it's not one and we they're competing and it, it just lifts everybody's everybody high i think competition is i i encourage academic competition in my mm -hmm. class I think it's healthy who made the highest grade and like why did this person make the highest grade and like what can we do if you're up if you are and don't get me wrong i think a c is amazing i think if yeah. you're if your level is a c and you work hard for that c and you worked your ass off all year to get that seat I'm like I'm going to praise your seat I am exactly. going to do a great job but if your potential and I know you are better than that seat and you just be lazy you ain't reaching your potential I'm going to push you and I want academic um, competition to take place um, in that I think it's healthy I think if you do so with a, a tinge of love I think it just does nothing but uplift everybody see I like that but also, I want to, for you folks that are watching, I'm going to drop a little nugget because I feel like we should know this, but some people might not know this. Um, so I'm just piggyback what you saying, you know, 
kids coming in, they working hard for their grade. If you know, if that's what you got as a C, then that's what's up. If you know you can do better, get that extra grade. For the folks that are watching, if you don't know, when you go into a classroom and it's the new semester, like literally day one, learning each other, learning your teachers and you sitting down in that room and all of that stuff. Y'all know y'all already starting off with an A, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're literally going through the semester to do your work to keep that damn A. That's it. Look at that. Yeah, you just yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that, did y'all? Did y'all? For the ones that's watching and listening, if you didn't know it, I just helped you out. It's okay. I did. This is my gift to you. <laughs> look, some people don't know. I look, I had to tell my kids that they don't know. You know, yeah. when they when they be crying about their grades, I'm like, let me explain this to you. Do you 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 know when you, as soon as you walk through that door, you start with an A, right? Like it's about you working to keep it. Like that's literally what you're doing. And if you don't know something, just say you don't know it. Don't be scared. Like, well, I don't want because I don't want nobody to think I'm dumb. And it's, it's not about being dumb. See, that's that vulnerability piece. Like teaching and learning are two of the most vulnerable things you can do as a person because. To learn something from somebody is to accept that I am ignorant to this, whatever it is you're trying to tell me. And um, even as adults, we have a hard time saying, I don't know, can you teach me? You know, and I have to tell kids this all the time, just because you don't know right now, don't mean you won't know forever. And like, it's my job to teach you. So baby, I need to know you don't know. I'm not judging. I'm just saying, I need to know you don't know to help you, um, to help you know. You know, my job is to make sure when you leave here, you do know. And exactly. we gonna do that however you need me to do it. We gonna do that through visual aid. We gonna do it through music. We gonna do it through dancing. We gonna do it through push-ups. We gonna do it through something. I'm gonna figure out a way to get it to you so that you can know it when you leave this room. Exactly. And with that being said, y'all make sure y'all know y'all shit. <laughs> but anywho, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight that tuned in, you know, watch the Facebook Live, that watch the YouTube if you haven't, or if you watch this already, I'd rather y'all go to YouTube and watch it, don't come to the Facebook group and watch it, because I'm actually going to delete it from there, <laughs> whatever. Um, however, I want to thank, you know, Special Judy for the night, Mr. Nazir Terry, for dropping through with us and to talk to us about Black education, how to deal with children, especially queer of colors, because y'all know what they say, it ain't really a lot of black teachers in, up in this atmosphere. So we trying to get them out there. We trying to let them know that they are very, very much needed, whether if you straight, gay, non-binary, bi, whatever, whatever floats your boat. That's not what they asking. What they saying is we need more representation, okay? <laughs> That's what we need. Now, Mr. Nazir, would you like to drop any social media handles? You want the people to follow you somewhere? You want them, what you want them to do? <laughs> oh, let me actually look it up because I am not the most savvy on social. Um, so my Instagram, you can follow at real underscore Victor underscore Terry um, at Instagram. And that's primarily where I, you know, do my social media stuff at Instagram. So that is real underscore Victor underscore Terry at Instagram. That's what I'm talking about. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh, ooh. 
<laughs> well, you know, I gotta take it back old school for them. <laughs> right. Like, I gotta reel it in. <laughs> However, you guys already know how I do. I always say, if you can't kick you with your Judy's, then who can you kick it with? <laughs> for anybody that's watching this on YouTube, if y'all get a hold of this on YouTube, if you like the content that I upload, that I put out, please make sure that you like, subscribe, and share. Also hit the notification bell every time I upload something new because I'm always doing something crazy. I'm always trying to add different things here and there. But, you know, you just, you never know. So <laughs> we want to thank you guys for definitely tuning in tonight, listening to this conversation with us because this conversation was amazing. Also, remember, there's only two more episodes left of season two and that will be all, you know, and then season three will be right around the corner. Um, and I'll keep y'all updated up on that because it's a lot of other different things happening. I got more surprise people for you because uh, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of been recording three while doing two at the same time. <laughs> but so, but needless here and there, I love you guys. I love all my Judies and I thank y'all for coming in and tuning in. And me and Mr. Nasir would like to tell you guys good night. Good night. <laughs> Good